this week on Invasion, the podcast, has Star Wars reached a new low? We talk about the groovy Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2. And fake characters need real love, too. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I'm Paul, and to my left is Steve. Hello, everyone. And uh, we're going to be talking about some Ash versus Evil Dead season two. Um, like, I have some great uh, thoughts. I mean, maybe they're not great thoughts. I have thoughts about the maybe. Maybe they're okay thoughts. Maybe they're just perfectly fine thoughts. You're just starting off right out with great. Yeah, these are the greatest thoughts anyone's <laughs> yeah. ever had. I, I feel like I'm being influenced by the current like news climate. Everything has to be the best <laughs> and greatest. I have the greatest thoughts about Ash versus Evil Dead. The now. most luxurious thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would normally ask you what you did for your weekend but you were here for part of the weekend i was and uh we had a lot of fun a lot of a lot of uh a lot of watching of, of questionable action movies yeah um i i don't like last year uh during the super bowl weekend i had no interest in watching the super bowl i love football i really do living in cleveland it's kind of gotten beaten out of me the last couple seasons <laughs> uh so if they're not if they're not doing well i still like the playoffs playoffs interesting stories however I just had no interest last year because it was the Patriots and the Falcons. I like the Falcons, but I was like, ah, the Patriots are going to win. I'm not going to waste my time. And so I wanted to just, I wanted to have people over and just watch 80s action movies. So we did that last year with Super Bro Party. So I had another one this year, but I made sure it was on Saturday so people could go watch the game they wanted to watch anyway. So we watched a bunch, a bunch of really wonderful bad movies. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the highlight for me was uh, Miami Connection. <laughs> Miami See, Connection was by far, I think, the most fun I've had w- watching a movie in a long time. I love that movie. And yeah. like I said, my wife does not like that movie, and I don't understand why. Because the choreography, the fight choreography is actually not bad at times in the movie, but the the story decisions are questionable. Like the whole movie makes sense, <laughs> and I'm and, and that's true. It, it it makes sense in its own Miami Connection kind of universe, kind of thinking, kind of way. Um, but I, it's made with so much heart, and it, it was kind of a forgotten film from the '80s when it was made. It was made of the time, so it isn't like made winking back at the '80s. I think that's why I love it because it was made then and it was only discovered really until recently. Yeah. And I just the music's great, fighting's great. YK Kim is the the world's oldest college student. Like I love that. I just it's it's a fun movie. It's also got a twist ending that no one saw coming, or at least I didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. And and it also has a positive message at the end too. So yeah, so I'd see Miami Connection. I want to show everybody that movie, but I I, I so other movies we watched uh, the Cyclone that had Jeffrey Combs in it for a second. Yeah. And I enjoyed that one about the souped up motorcycle that didn't like the power set on that kept changing. I liked it. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing about that is it's got like one great shot where the Cyclone shoots somebody and immediately like sets them on fire. But outside of that one shot, that's the only really cool thing that I remember Cyclone <laughs> doing in the movie. Yeah. Um, 
That, that was fun. We watched Megaforce, which I honestly can't tell you a damn thing about for some reason, because that was just kind of a blur. Maybe it was the drinking. Maybe it was Barry Boswick just being beautiful. I don't know. But <laughs> Do you know what struck me as odd about the movie is? is they go to this... Uh, for those of you who've not seen Megaforce, it's, <laughs> which is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Megaforce has the three a, of you that are not familiar <laughs> with Megaforce. Uh, you know, essentially, it is what it sounds like. It's a Megaforce of uh, different countries having like special commandos that work on this team that have sort of mask type vehicles. And when I say mask, I'm talking about the 80s cartoon It's mask. like mask and G.I. Joe kind of together, like the elite strike, strike troop that Megaforce goes out and Megaforces things. Yeah, it's like G.I. Joe, except if G.I. Joe were really bad spandex. Um, <laughs> but matching uniforms. But matching uniforms. It's lightning bolts. But what struck me as odd about the movie is, is there's a whole sequence where essentially um, Persis Combata's character is told that she can't really participate because she's essentially a woman. And you expect it to like turn and be like, oh, she's going to save the day. or But it's really like, no, you can't play. You're a girl. And that's... <laughs> Yeah. That's where they kind of leave it. Yeah, um, like I kept waiting for the turn. Like, oh, she's gonna come in and save their day, their, their asses, or save the day, or whatever. And it just never happens. Yeah, so. and the other weird thing too, not to get into it too much, is that like all the the different members of Mega Force have a jumpsuit with like a patch on their arm showing what country they're oh, from. I know where this is going. And it's just so you got Barry Boswick, he's from America. You got other people; they have their different flags. And there's another guy. His name his name was like Dallas or Tex or Tex Mex or I don't know what his name was brisket i don't know what his name was but he was definitely from the south had a cowboy hat and a skull t-shirt on he had a like a rebel flag on his sleeve i'm like <laughs> what country are you from you know and just nope he's just good old boy part of the mega force like yep, but he gets his own flag he gets his own flag so, so it seems the idea to me that if you're <laughs> Not to, not to get too much into this, but if you're wearing that flag, you have a certain, probably a certain set of ideals. <laughs> and being in a multicultural, multinational group trying to, like, you know. Not going to work. Doesn't, that seems kind of counterintuitive. But, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, would, I just like, I like getting together, having some drinks, having some food, and just like watching these movies that are just like, they're meant to just be enjoyed and not overthought. And, and uh, it was fun. Also, uh, we watched a film called Your. Your, yeah, uh, Hunter of the Future or the Hunter from the Future. Your, it's, he's he's a guy. He's a caveman, and there's future. <laughs> in it. I just like to say that I was unaware that uh, '70s Captain America, Rob Brown, <laughs> had made anything else other than the two Captain America movies. So that was kind of nice to see it was in something else. So. Yeah, that was a, that was a bizarre film too. I, that feels like that conversation. I feel like Your deserves its own full length conversation <laughs> of how bizarre that movie is. But yeah, Super Bro came and went and had a good time and glad steve was over here to watch miami connection all that good stuff so uh yeah let's um so speaking of super bro weekend and super bowl weekend let's just get to we'll get to the news because a lot happened surrounding that good news everyone so there was the teaser for the Han Solo trailer on the Super Bowl, and then they released it the next day. Yeah. So Han Solo trailer, you were kind of, you said to me last week jokingly, like, we haven't seen a trailer for that movie yet. It's coming out in May, and then they release it. So uh, not to overanalyze it, but we're going to overanalyze it. What 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 first impressions? First impressions, it looks gorgeous in the sense that, like, it looks like a Star Wars film. It, it looks does. like it's uh, visually interesting, which I, I caught kind of crap for this from other people but i tend to think of ron howard as a, a very bland director when it comes to his directing style um at least visually but um 
you know, I realize that he, a lot of people do like him, and I, I, I certainly don't dislike Ron Howard, but when you think Star Wars, his wasn't the name that I would immediately jump to. But he doesn't have a, to me, he does not have a distinct visual calling card that you think of with marquee directors. Yeah. And, and he's workmanlike, and I like some of his films, but I couldn't tell you what makes a Ron Howard film a Ron Howard film. Right. Yeah. Like, if he was Edgar Wright, I'd be able to tell you specifically the things that he does that are, you know, visual tent poles or Sam Raimi or whoever but um so I'll say that yeah visually it looks it looks awesome um everything looks very Star Warsy um which sounds so weird to say that about a Star Wars movie um but you know my main thing that I came came away with and again it's unfair because he's you only get like 15 seconds of him in the trailer but um, I wasn't getting Han Solo from, is it Alden Ehrenreich? Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll just call him Alden Ehrenreich, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that, that name sounds like a Star Wars name to me. I don't know. Like, but yeah, his, his real name sounds like a Star Wars name to me. But, you know, my big thing is, is that no matter how good the movie actually is, if they don't convince me that he's Han Solo, uh, it's not going to really matter. Um, so... Uh, Donald Glover looks amazing as Lando. Um, the Falcon looks cool, although I, and I understand that they're going to go the route with, oh, he's modified it later, but they went so far as to make the Falcon the Falcon, but different. Yeah, the front piece, because the, you know, like the, the two, I don't know, spokes on the front of the Falcon, the, the, what do you call it? The fangs. I don't know what you call, I don't know spaceship parts, but. They're separated like it's a, it's a very unique. I mean, okay, you may not you, you may not have heard of Mega Force, but you guys know the Millennium Falcon. It has a very distinct uh, front with like the two the two tips of the Falcon being separated, open in a gap in the middle. This you see uh, it uh, it's closed at front. It's like yeah. it's very. I don't I don't know if this is the Millennium Falcon. I I, I would it would surprise me if that ship to start with isn't the Falcon. Well, the the Star Wars show, which is a weekly like. 10 minute YouTube show did a whole feature on it today. Oh, so it is the Falcon. That's that's what oh. they're saying. Um, but my question is is and this kind of goes for just the movie in general in, in that a film that's trying to play on nostalgia in some ways seems odd to change the things that are like a visual, you know, <laughs> cue or um, you know, uh, uh, high watermark for uh, that series or that's associated with that character like uh, the Falcon's a little bit different um, Chewie's bandolier like, like I realize that they can't change anything about Chewie so they're like give him a weird bandolier <laughs> like they just shave him like yeah. he starts off as like a really really short shaved uh, Wookiee and, and again it's not so much a criticism but I'm just like it's, a, it's an odd choice like I would just if I was going to keep something the same it would be the Falcon. Well, I could say they keep jamming that thing in your face in the two newest movies, too. Yeah. Like, they're like, by the way, remember this? It's coming right at you. <laughs> this this thing is like, you know, 80 years old, but somehow it's still beating every ship in the, <laughs> you know, in the first order, you know. Um, yeah, like, I, I see that. Um, I I agree. It also looks very Star Warsy. Like, I feel like it's almost a, um, a sigh of relief that you get to be in the the pre Lucas world, in the sense of like, like everything kind of has to look a little bit more seventies and dingy and dirty, in that sense of like the first couple, and something about that feels more Star Wars to me than I don't know, like um, not that the new ones feel like Star Wars too, but I mean clearly they're going a different direction. Time has passed. I like there's something about like the the underbelly feeling that I've gotten from this that I dig that feels more appropriate uh, to a seventy Star Wars film. 
Um, and even, and I said this before we started recording, Rogue One felt dour, but at least it, there's bits of that that looked like Star Wars that I, that I grew up knowing. And not that, that I have to have that, but if you're going to make a Star Wars film and you feel like there's this established aesthetic, you better get that right. And this trailer shows enough of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, although I did think it was interesting that they started it off with like a guitar riff. Like I was expecting Jack White to start singing. Uh, like, guitar solo. <laughs> That's his dad. You don't know that's his dad's name is Guitar Solo. That's a bad joke. I don't care. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I like the music in this too, and I, I really, really wish that they would actually almost keep that a little bit more like you know guitar driven edge to the film. But you know they're not going to. You know it's just going to be it's going to be more orchestral because John Williams is coming in and writing an actual solo theme, mm-hmm. which like because he hasn't had one, and that's cool. You know, but I, I you know I just. This one it feels like it is more the the pack of losers brought together for for a job, and I dig that vibe. But I was supposed to kind of get that dirty dozen feel from Rogue One, and I didn't get it. Yeah. So hopefully they course correct, and this is fun. This of all the projects that were announced, this is the one I was least excited about. But I dig the trailer so far. Other than Solo's few speaking parts, yeah, the cadence doesn't feel right to me. That's probably what it is. Just the line delivery feels weird. Yeah, and. You know, I'm open to seeing the movie, and it's it's unfair to judge you know his entire performance on a trailer because trailers can be cut badly. Trailers can be, you know, not show the best parts of performance. So, you know, somebody had asked me, well, what do you want? And I feel like Chris Pine is sort of the measuring stick for me with his Kirk. I felt that uh, Pine in no way did a Shatner impression in the Star Trek films, but he certainly delivered his his. There was a cadence to the way he delivered his lines, and I I felt. Kirk as a character more than I did. Yeah, yeah. Know. No, that's a good. That's a good uh, point. Like he, he had a chip on his shoulder that you felt that that Kirk would have, and yeah. and he didn't. You're right. He didn't fall into the Shatnerisms, but he definitely had that swagger. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, you, that's a, that's a good analog. That's a really good analog. You know, so if he can pull off what Chris Pine, Pine did with uh, Captain Kirk, I think that uh, it'll be in in good shape. Yeah, so. I just I'm hoping Donald Glover just just carries the whole thing. <laughs> that's yeah. just me. And uh, I mean, truthfully, if I were if I could have just had a Lando movie instead, I would have rather seen that. So yeah, <laughs> and there's some kind of weird space train that I saw in the trailer that looks cool. Space train. Yeah. Um, and there's a. He's fighting somebody with the weird helmet, and everything looks like he's out of the video game Destiny. So I don't know if there's some cross promotion there, where it's like, oh, it's fighting one of the bad guys from Destiny. I didn't know this was a connected universe. Well, it's it's funny too that uh, I, I think it was the last uh, episode where we were talking about comics, and I'd mentioned that I would stopped reading the Star Wars comics because there was nothing really that was happening in those books that were going to either be reflected in the films or um, were going to be so um, important to the story that they would override the film or uh, have the importance that a film does. Um, And there's a character played by Tandy Newton in the film. I believe it's Tandy Newton. Um, And there's only a quick shot of her, um, but she looks like a character that they introduced in the comics as Han Solo's first wife. It wasn't a legitimate wife in the comic. We find out that it was for a a scam kind of thing. Oh, well, there you go. Do you think they, the the Star Wars? Oh, it's not. Oh, (laughs) they revealed her name and I'm like, oh, so I'm like, oh, that would have been a nice way to include something that was introduced in the comics four years ago. (laughs) But nope, she's a different character. All right. So, yeah. So anyway, I'm sure we'll get more. This movie's coming out in May, right? So, you know, three months now and this is the first trailer we get. Um, I'm sure we'll get more as we go along. Uh, just a brief other Star Wars bit here, and then we'll go on to the other trailer that we're excited about. Um, 
David Bedoff and D.B. Weiss, who are the showrunners for Game of Thrones, ha- they've, they're now doing a series of Star Wars films themselves. Yeah. We don't know what they are. I'm going to guess there's not nudity in them. I'm, that's my one thing. I don't <laughs> think there's going to be nudity. Um, if there are dragons, I'm cool with that. I would like to see some crate dragons show up. That'd be cool. What's going to happen is uh, they're going to have uh, George R.R. R. Martin write the uh, story first, and then five years after that, when he finishes... Then they'll adapt that film. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That that makes sense. Uh, so I, um, I don't know what they're going to do. Whatever it is, I really, really, really hope that they keep like as much as you talked before about how the politics of the prequels bored you. Yeah, I feel like they they have an understanding with Game of Thrones of how to do that well and have that kind of like that you know you have conversations that mean one thing but are you know. Like they might seem very surface, but they're very monumental to like sides clashing or troubles coming. Or I want that kind of weight brought to the Star Wars universe, and I think they could do it, and it would be awesome. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting since we don't know we don't know what Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to be or what time period it is set in. We don't know what these guys are going to have as far as you know the timeline as well, or where they're going to what whether they're even going to use established characters or not. Um, I think it would be interesting for them to, particularly with you know their success with Game of Thrones, be like, here's here's the the toy box. You either pick what you want or create something new. We don't care, but like give us something compelling. Give us something that we haven't seen in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like there's so many corners of the universe that that haven't even been hinted at that you could still tell really compelling Star Wars stories with big stakes that doesn't even have to involve necessarily the Empire or, or a Jedi or whatever. And I'd be all about that. And maybe this is the first time, you know, maybe this is the first steps or maybe they're just going to like say, psych, we're doing Knights of the Old Republic and I would lose my mind about that too, you know? But right. Whatever. I, the, you're picking, just, as much as Ryan Johnson is divisive now in terms of the film that he made, I feel like you're still putting really good and interesting talent Hopefully you can keep them, you know, because, you know, we thought we had some other stuff going on, too, and the people walking away from projects, you know, yeah. Star Wars. But I feel like at least they're getting enough, like, people's attention to get them in the room to have this conversation. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw a statistic today, and um, I didn't I didn't read the story, so it's unfair for me to really talk about it in depth. But it said something along the lines of, like, 96% of the creative teams behind Star Wars films has been male. Um and I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, that is interesting um, in the sense that uh, there hasn't been, you know, like, uh, I know for a while there people thought, uh, I'm going to screw her name up, I think it's Ava DuVernay who's doing A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, that's like right. They I thought, because yeah, yeah. she's tight with J.J. Abrams as well, they thought maybe they'd get her, um, you know, obviously Patty Jenkins is doing um, Wonder Woman, and there's obviously more than two women in Hollywood that can... <laughs> <laughs> but I did think about oh. that statistic for a second. I was like, okay, I'm like, I, I, that is a sad statistic. At the same time, if they're looking at it as a whole, you know, four of those movies were directed and written by the same guy, George Lucas, who created it. So yeah. that does tilt the statistic in, you know, uh, a bit. But at the same time, like, I am kind of surprised that they haven't made a bolder choice and said, like, here's, um, 
you know, and I don't know, like, I'm just pulling Diablo Cody out of the hat, but, like... <laughs> oh, uh, please no. <laughs> but, like, somebody who... And it's not be because like, she's a woman, it's just because I don't like her movies. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm surprised that there hasn't been, um, you know, a, a poll for uh, a female writer, director, something along those lines, considering, you know, how big they're planning on going from the for the universe as we are seeing right now, so... Yeah, I that's that's a much And that's that's a that, whole other topic it is, I realize. And I don't and I don't even know how to even to begin to approach that cuz considering next week uh we're going to be talking about Black Panther and how there is there were some decisions there made to bring that character closer to what the probably the initial idea was versus who was writing it. Yeah. And I think that's going to be part it's not the same conversation but it's similar. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll end up having some of that about the creative forces behind that comic and how they ended up kind of shifting into the movie that I'm super excited to see, you know, in like 2 weeks. Um but yeah, I think um I would really really like to see more more opportunities for women like like that are established well-known commodities that have shown like hey i can do this give them that chance you know so that's why not like star wars is supposed to be this thing where anything's possible and you have strong female characters then then have that on the like have that in the writer's room too like not just in front of the camera you know yeah or the director's chair i mean yeah i guess the only reason i brought it up was is that you know i'm wondering how many more announcements we're going to be getting um because there was also uh apparently on a call from Bob Iger to Disney shareholders or something along those lines. I'm sorry if I'm screwing that up, but I <laughs> guess he said that there's going to be multiple Star Wars TV shows now that are in the planning stages. So yeah. I'm curious like how the these as probably more of these types of announcements are coming, how that's going to play out overall. I just need a um, live uh, audience uh, three camera sitcom of Jar Jar Binks at home with his family and he just trips over an ottoman i need all that and i need him to say things that are questionably racist and then people laugh that's what i really that's the show i hope is being made right now i think uh like a married with children <laughs> yeah but with married, married with gungans i know? just think that they should do the the holiday special that is a regular tv show every episode is in uh um wookies uh wookie speak and uh nothing subtitled you know, that'd still pull. People would still watch that. Be like, well, it's Star Wars. You got to support it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of Star Wars stuff coming. Um, we may never talk about Star Wars again here on the show. So yeah, that's that- <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next thing real quick. Uh, uh, and then I want to get to the other the other kind of interesting story. Uh, the, the, <laughs> not, I mean, not that oh, this I is know. interesting, I- but like I'm, I don't know how to approach the other one because it's like it's interesting story, but the product wasn't that great. Uh, so the Deadpool 2, uh, the, a bigger trailer came out today. Just want to mention it because it's the first time you really get to see Cable in action. Um, Josh Brolin looks awesome. As yeah. cable, at first when they announced him as the casting, I was like, I could see it, but I wasn't all about it. it it's definitely not a hundred percent from the comic, but again, I don't care because what you got was great looking. Right, and I dug that, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like you know he's got all the hallmarks of the character visually. It's not like they're like, well, let's make him blue for no reason or something <laughs> yeah. along those lines. So. I was just, I was expecting him to be more square shaped, <laughs> like, <laughs> like and having more uh, more ammo bags on. But yeah, you wanted him to look like a Leafield dry. Yeah, I wanted him to be. I basically wanted like a sumo suit, like you see those inflated <laughs> guys 
but like, but with muscles drawn on. That's what that would feel like. And you'll never see his feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we get our first look at Cable. the The trailer kind of kind of takes uh, the piss out of modern like superhero like dr- dramatic trailers where you get his intro, then Deadpool makes a you know a comment, and then it cuts to him playing with dolls. And I I just enjoy that. I enjoy the Toy Story joke. I enjoy them talking about how effects work wasn't finished yet. How hard could it be? It's not like you're taking a mustache off somebody. That's, that was my favorite line of the trailer. Just, leave, leave it. To, you, you knew they were not going to, not, you know, not let that go. So I, I enjoyed that. So, and there's also the hints of some other characters. And I don't want to get into speculation because we honestly don't know who any of these people are, other than we saw Terry Crews. And I, if he's playing, if he's just playing the old Spice guy, I'm okay with that. <laughs> His powers to break reality, just like Deadpool. I would love that. <laughs> or he's just playing Terry Crews. Wouldn't that be great? Where it's like I got all these other heroes with me and, and Terry, Terry Crews. <laughs> you know, that'd be amazing. So I'm excited. It looks like definitely the budget went up, right? So you have more characters. Um, and, and Steve was mentioning before we start recording that you have no idea what the story is, which I'm okay with that too. Uh, it just. I just trust that this is going to be a lot of fun. And that comes out in May as well. Like that's only three months away. And I forget that. Yeah. That's like, it's going to be a good year for superhero movies. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is unrelated in the sense that it's a Marvel comic, but, uh, there's also a, uh, Venom movie that's coming out this year and the trailer's dropping for that tomorrow. Yeah. So, so we'll see what that, how that all works out. Hopefully that's, that's solid as well. So, but I mean, you know, you've got, uh, both Deadpool and infinity war in May. Yeah. Like, that's and then ant-man and the wasp i think in july yeah and then you have venom in october yeah. um and then aquaman somewhere that i don't know about that whatever I think, but uh, i think aquaman might be november or december something like that yeah, yeah. so that's yeah it's gonna be a good i just it's a lot to look forward to hopefully we'll we'll i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about venom next week maybe depending upon how good or bad that trailer is right um but yeah it's too bad it didn't come out today that would have been that'd been nice yeah. you know but whatever um, teaser poster is black with some uh, white white eyes. Who would have thought that's an inventive way to advertise your character? Um, so, well, you know, I will say I'm not really, uh, and it's not that I dislike Deadpool. I just never read a lot of his comics, and I I'm one of the few people who didn't see it in the theater. Um, but uh, I saw it when it came on HBO, and I was like, wow, this is really really funny and really good, um, and. I don't have anything because I'm actually one of the few people who was like when Ryan Reynolds was announced for Green Lantern. I was like, okay, I can see that. Um, I was clearly wrong on that end, but (laughs) I will give him credit though for uh, playing a character who's a either in a mask or when he's not the mask, he's in like burn makeup. So like for a guy who's that good looking to and you know. I don't know. Like I think of like Judge Dredd, the Stallone Judge Dredd, where they had him in the helmet for like ten minutes because it's like it's Stallone. We got to show him. I I give Ryan Reynolds credit for being like, hey, I'll either be in the crappy makeup or I'll be in a you know the mask the whole time. So Didn't they, wasn't he called God's most beautiful idiot or something? Yeah. In the intro credits to the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's exciting. I mean, it's going to be fun. I, I feel like with the character of Deadpool, since he is so. Uh, breaking the fourth wall, like the teaser poster they put out, like to go with the trailer was was the splash dance, um, or flash dance, not splash dance. That's a, that's that's a movie involving a mermaid and dancing. No flash dance where he's in the chair, kind of like with uh, bullet casings falling all over him, like a like a rain shower. Like that's only I feel like only that character can get away with it because it's been established. I don't need 
a lot of tongue-in-cheek advertising for other properties. I feel like Deadpool's the one they can get away with completely winking at you with being like, well, we're going to ape this movie as we go on, you know? So. Yeah, I do feel like with that marketing campaign, whoever came up with it, it was a home run for the first one, and it's clearly working for the second one. I'm kind of surprised that there isn't more of that type of marketing, not that same tone, but like that they aren't trying to break free from traditional marketing with a lot of films these days. Um, I feel like there was like 37 different posters for Stranger Things season two, but that's all digital. Like that was all stuff you'd see, like the Evil Dead homage. You'd see all the different things that they would do. I, yeah, I, I think to get people's attention, you got to do something different, but it just, I feel like also they're worried that if they don't get their point across immediately, people aren't going to pay attention. And that's why you get all those images of just people's faces in the name of the movie. And I, and it bums me out because, um, I, uh, not to talk about black Panther again real quick, but did you see the art for the, the album that they're putting out the black Panther album? I have Um, not. It's just solid black cover, but you see the teeth of the necklace that's around his uh, that he has his neck on his suit, and that's okay. just all it is on that album, and that's the cover. It's like how badass would that have been if that was your movie poster? Yeah, like, like I know I just made fun of Venom for being black with just eyeballs, <laughs> but but like like that's a very powerful like it's just it, it is badass looking, and I I miss um, like evocative movie poster art. Yeah, and. Um, not that I'm saying that like I think that that's a show actually all to its own I think it is. that's something we could talk about sometime because I, I want to talk about the rise and fall of Drew Struzan and of his work and how people kind of took advantage of it yeah. or or I just assumed that he was always going to be doing these cool things right so anyway enough about um about Deadpool looking forward to that uh, Terry Crews awesome uh, last story here is so Super Bowl uh before the game started, and I, I guess cause I, I'll admit I'm not trying to be like this guy's like I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the game. I had I just didn't have interest. I played video games and then turned off Facebook because Facebook was just a constant people talking about Super Bowl. You know? Oh, come on, ref. Yeah. Oh, there goes the Patriots again. Um, <laughs> they scored a football. I don't know, but uh, they they announced. So Netflix said, "Hey, um, remember Cloverfield? Uh, this happened like ten years ago." Uh, there's a movie coming out tonight on Netflix that tells you why. And it was called the Cloverfield paradox. And it was immediately put on, on Netflix after the Super Bowl. So I saw this and I added it to my queue, uh, waiting for it to pop. And I decided to stay up and watch this movie Sunday night. Cause I'm like, you know, and here's my, here's my reasoning. I, I watch so many movies now where I read so much about them. And I kind of ruined them for me a little bit. This one I knew really nothing about. So I'm like, I'm going to watch this blind. And I know you watched it too. Mm-hmm. I kind of landed like a five and a half out of ten. Like it, it was, it was more better than it was bad, but it wasn't good. But the fact that it was a, like a free, quote unquote, free Cloverfield film that was that just I did not know was coming that night. Netflix has some real cojones to be like. By the way, hey guys, watch Super Bowl. You should watch this after. There's a movie coming out. Mic drop. Got to go. No one else has done that. Right. But, so that was crazy. Yeah, and the thing about I, can't, I always say that the thing, the thing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch it until uh, last night, but when it comes to the actual re- responses that I've seen from people, like there seems to be a lot of people who are just mad about it, and I'm like, <laughs> it's a free movie that was on Netflix. Okay, I mean, I guess you have your Netflix subscription, so that's ten bucks a month. But like, yeah, okay. So here's my 
quick review. It's, you know, definitely not... It, it's definitely, if I'm going in order, you know, uh, the second <laughs> one's my favorite, the first one right after that, and the third one behind it. The third, it's, it's the weakest of the three, we'll put it that way. Um, but, like, I didn't feel like I was, you know, angry at the world <laughs> after I got done with it. Like, people were just like, oh, what a piece of crap that Netflix gave us. I'm like, well, you didn't have to watch it. Like, no. they didn't put a gun to your head. No, you didn't have to watch it. Um, I'm just more, I wanted to mention it more from the fact of, okay, so I, I did a little bit more research after watching it and found out. And I found out today that uh, Netflix, and these numbers aren't exact because clearly who would release these numbers, like, on purpose? Supposedly... Uh, the film cost around forty million to make, and you could see as choppy as the story is, and as problematic as some of the the plot holes are, it's a good looking movie. Yeah, and I'm a sucker for space stuff, and that spaceship, the space station, was cool looking. There was some actually one or two decent effect shots in there, like it. You could see the money on the screen, which is funny because one of the reviews that I said saw was said that it was almost unwatchable, and I'm like. It was really well done. Like, like I, I from, you know, I could probably watch that movie again and just turn all the the sound off and put like an epic movie score in the background and just enjoy the visuals and be okay with it because yeah. it's a pretty looking film. Fast forward all the Earth stuff though, because that's stupid. But whatever, um, and pointless. But the, the so forty million dollar movie, Paramount kept pushing back the release date, which I knew about this because you get the feeling that they knew that what they had was not going to do well. And so they kept and, and the money they would have spent on marketing and getting to the theaters and then whatever 10 or 12 million it probably would have made is going to sink it. Yeah. Um, Netflix comes in and says, Hey, we'll give you 50 million for it. And so immediately Paramount's like, here, take it. Not only did we get our costs back, we actually made money on it. And for Netflix, that's a drop in the bucket for some of the content they pay for. And the fact that they got the rights to a Abrams produced Cloverfield sequel, and they could just immediately say, Hey guys, here you go. Enjoy that. Regardless of the, of the end product, which I will say they kind of, they kind of pulled a fast one on you in the sense of like, find out why. And they're like, that's not true. You don't really get those answers in the movie. That's a spoiler. You kind of, Things are connected? Question mark. That's the end of the movie. Well, I mean, I guess the answer that I got from it was is that they basically caused a rift that uh, caused different dimensions to have intruded Maybe, on each but other. But we don't know that though. We don't know that's what happened to Earth. You know, like it's just we don't know. It could have. That's the, it's never really ever said with any type of like certainty of anything. I don't know. I um, the paradox is I that I don't know, um, but. <laughs> So the movie isn't that great, but it wasn't like it wasn't the worst thing, and it wasn't like Netflix like bought a Super Bowl ad. It was like, hey guys, Netflix original movie Steven Seagal, uh, really hard to beat up. Like it wasn't like they dropped like a Seagal film. Like, guys, check it out after the Super Bowl. We bought the latest Hellraiser movie. <laughs> Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to check out Revelations, you should. One million, like however much they spent to, for the ad is like eight thousand times more the cost of that movie to make. Right? I think it's an interesting experiment, and I hope that whatever Netflix decides to like flash mob on us next is better, so then people will get really excited and not know what's coming. But they already kind of did this with uh, the Dave Chappelle comedy specials, like on New Year's. Yeah, like no one knew that. Th- People knew that there was another one coming, but to get two of them, like right. that's you know, I think Netflix is trying to be like a destination, in the sense of like, hey guys, you know, you, you can watch all your TV and some of your movies here, but you just like the reason you want to stay with us is because what other streaming service is announcing immediate content like that? I still don't understand how they make money. Like I, I don't <laughs> like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they're making money, uh, but I mean. 
the subscription price is so low for what you get. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I realize that, like, it's probably a lot of people are like, well, I pay too much for it now. But, like, I feel like I get a great deal with Netflix. And, you know, Amazon, we always get just because it comes with the Prime membership and free shipping on because we order stuff from Amazon all the time. So it's just a nice bonus. And then Hulu is a nice way for us because we don't have cable to catch stuff that we normally don't watch. So, or that we, yeah, no, we don't have cable either. Yeah. But I mean, you take you take the price I pay for internet, the price of Hulu, the price of Netflix, and then like Amazon Prime, you know, you kind of all bundle that together. It's like, eh, you're, you're still coming a little lower than cable, but it's like, yeah. you're still, I just, I don't know. I, I haven't had cable in years. I've just had streaming services. And for the most part, I can get whatever I'd like to watch. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. So I'll pay that price. I just, I, you know, I just say for, for a movie that I knew was kind of out there, but didn't know what was going on with it. The fact that they announced it that night and I actually stayed up to watch it. I, they got me. So hats off to them. Um, and I'm looking forward to whatever comes next. I'm, you know, it just it's unfortunate because slapping the name Cloverfield on something like this and finding out how far away it was from the original concept and what we got is weird. But you know, I Tin Cloverfield Lane was a script called The Cellar that got turned into a Cloverfield project. And I think that movie's great. The last ten minutes I think gives away way too much. But the rest of that movie's amazing. Yeah, you know? I felt the movie should have uh, at least Ten Cloverfield Lane should have ended when she leaves the, the yeah, you know, and then when, credits. Yeah, like, or or you might hear an ominous noise or something, you know. Yeah. But no, we got to have the Abrams and Isms or whatever there at the end. But whatever. Stop so, blaming Abrams. <laughs> yeah, stop blaming Abrams. <laughs> I do know? think that people just do that too easily, where it's like everything and nothing is his fault. So it's, like he's the new Lucas. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, so yeah. Anyway, so not to not to ruin uh, Cloverfield Paradox. You know, it's it's okay to watch. Just my argument is that if um if your sci fi movie with all these cool effects, but the coolest things in the movie are um, magnet putty and a three D printer that makes bagels, and that's your coolest science fiction and your movie dealing with possible rifts in space, you got to look at your movie again because I was really excited for the three D bagel printer and I was really excited for the magnet putty. I thought that stuff was amazing. I thought I was like, why isn't that a real thing? You know? So I thought maybe since you have a three D printer, you were trying to make bagels. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm sure. Like, if I buy a three D bagel printer, it would still they would still like fall off. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> they, they would just kind of start to print and then they just fall off and be like, Paul, I don't know how you printed a burnt bagel. I'm like, I don't know. You know. So anyway. Enough about all that. New, look at that. News went long again, because that's what we do. So enough about news. Let's just get to some Ash versus Evil Dead. And now for our feature presentation. So speaking of streaming services, uh, this Ash versus Evil Dead is a Stars original series. Uh, and it was just solely on there because Stars did have a deal for a long time with Netflix, and then they kind of that deal ended. So then a lot of the Stars programming went away off of Netflix. But then this shows up again, and you had not watched it until recently because it was there. That's why you got to watch it because it was on Netflix. Well, yes and no. So I had bought the first season on oh, DVD, okay. and uh, the intent was to watch it with my wife. Um, the thing about my wife again there we go the thing uh the thing about my wife is is that she uh likes to stream everything like the idea of just putting a disc like bothers her at this point it, like i don't know why so it's just been sitting there on the shelf like hey we could watch this we could watch this and she's like yeah i don't know gotta put the disc in i'm like yeah that's so much work but uh 
my intent was to pick up the second season on DVD, and I still am going to just to support the show. But um, I was a bad fan in the sense that I wasn't watching it. Um, and then I, you know, marathoned the two seasons right after they hit Netflix, and A, was mad at myself for, for not watching it sooner. And B, like, I'm now going to get stars so that I can watch the third season. Yeah, that so. was, I was kind of kind of waiting because I wanted to watch the first season of American Gods as well. And that's one there. And I was like, ah, I'll just try to get maybe get a month or two of stars and then, you know, smash both of those. But uh, before we go any further, I'll just say, you know, if you guys have not watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, I'm going to just throw one of these out. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Because if you have any interest at all in the show, and you should, because it's great. I don't want to ruin any of this stuff for you. So please, if you've not watched the first season, go watch it. It's a little slow to begin with because they try to do like a serious side story that they kind of abandon halfway through the season with the cop character in the first season. Yeah. And then it starts getting a little bit more crazy towards the end. Second season just comes out swinging as goofy as all get out with some, you know, I mean, the horror elements, which we'll talk about in a second, there's some, there's some interesting things there, but I never really feel, other than towards the middle part, none of it's super serious, you know, and the stakes aren't super high until about midpoint of the season. Um, I don't want to ruin any of the surprises, like, in terms of the comedy. There was stuff I was laughing by myself watching it, and that's a weird experience to be watching something by yourself and cracking up, mm-hmm. you know, because la- cause I, I don't know if that's what people do, but normally you laugh with a group of people, not by yourself, but I was... I was uh, Man, there's a couple times where I was just dying watching this show, and I don't want to ruin any of that discovery for anybody. So if you've not watched it, please watch it. It's like it'll be I don't know what's ten episodes, about yeah. a half hour each, roughly. Yeah, I mean I don't even think it comes out to five hours. I think yeah. it might even be a little less. So you, you could probably bust out in two days. Go watch it and come back and listen to us butcher it. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and you know without getting too spoiler heavy. Um, just talking about the character uh, of Ash, um, I'm one of those people who is more of an evil, or I'm sorry, more of a, a um, Army of Darkness fan over Evil Dead 2. Love them both, but if I am going to watch one of them, I reach for Army of Darkness first. Yeah. Um, and Army of Darkness is a little bit sillier. Um, it's definitely not as horror-driven as uh, Evil Dead, um, but... When it comes to Ash, he's a much lighter character in that film than he is in Evil Dead. I think partially because in Evil Dead, he's pretty much a victim throughout the entire thing. Yeah, the first two movies, I mean, it's been a while since I watched the second one. He isn't really a character at all. He's just just a body. Like, all of them are just kind of there. Right. You know, And, and in the third one, it's like they just made him like this, like, pompous, like... I don't know, just asshole. And it's like, I think this like, basically they're like, what's, what's Bruce really good at playing? Like cocky and dumb, like at the same time. And he, it was wonderful. I love, I love his Ash and army of darkness so much more because he just thinks that he is so superior to all those people in the past just because he's from the future. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Right. I, and I, it, it, even though he could magically do chemistry and make a robot, like a hand, like a robot hand or something back then, whatever. But yeah, uh, I like that Ash. And, and I really think this is the Ash that we get in this TV series. Yeah, is that, it's definitely the Ash yeah. we get. Um, you know, and when it comes to uh, people's you know preference, I can I can certainly understand somebody's like I wish it was a little bit more Evil Dead two than Army of Darkness, but like you get some really great Evil Dead type moments in the series, anyways. Um, and again, without going too spoiler specific, 
uh, they do go back to the cabin from Evil Dead 2, and there's some some wonderful moments in the cabin in both seasons, because they go back to it twice, that are right up there with moments that happen in the original films. Yeah. So Yeah, I just... Um, and what Steve's kind of hinting at a little bit, is, and not to get all the way to the end, is I showed him an article uh, after finishing the season two, because season two's great. I, I loved it, but then, not to race to the end, but the last episode felt a little weird. Uh, in the sense of the wrap up, and um, so the showrunner of, the, and I forget his name now. He he oversaw the first two seasons, stepped away because he was he was feeling some creative differences with Rob Tappert, who was a producer, but also a part owner of the franchise. Correct. And when you mentioned the the division between Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, that was really the biggest discussion was. Uh, it, it, they weren't naming those by name, but the showrunner was having problems of like he had mentioned bits and things he wanted to do, and he was basically being told, "Well, that's not Evil Dead," and that seems to be like the weirdest argument to me because what is Evil Dead? You know, it is none of it. That first movie doesn't make any sense, like in terms of like it's not consistent with like how things function or what happens. It's other than they find a book, they read it, and then trees rape people, and then like people become possessed zombies or something. It's like none of there's no rules, and there's really been no rules to everything other than it's a deadite shoot it in the head. That's about all I've ever gotten because every while every time something happens, they just make up a new rule to go with it. And that's the kind of universe it is. And this is like the only universe we're all allowed that to be, you know? Well, I will say on that same token, the uh, show itself seemed to have actually put some rules into place, they did, which a little bit. I think is actually a nice addition. Um, there's, um, I'm trying to remember back now if it's the first season or the second season where they actually cut the face off of the book, which is something that's like, Wow! Like yeah, that was the first season. Okay. That's, yeah. Um, there's certainly um, a sort of logic to the deadites themselves. There's um, a character that's introduced in the second season named Ball, who uh, I, I kept thinking was um, Brad, Brad Dourif. Dourif. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kept thinking, wouldn't that be amazing if it was Brad Dourif? <laughs> Whatever they got was great too, but I'm like, man, Brad Dourif would have been awesome. Yeah, and then uh, you they know, didn't have Brad Dourif money. I can tell you that. <laughs> and they built into the backstory of the actual second Evil Dead film um, in this second season. So, uh, you know, when it comes to, and I think you said this to me, you were like, I don't understand what is so sacred about Evil Dead in the sense that, like. There, it's not like he was like, well, let's go ahead and introduce, um, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to think of what would be the most least, you know, like Care Bears or something. Like, I don't know. I can't or actually introduce like like another like like a vampire or a werewolf story in the right. Evil Dead. And even that, I'd probably be I'd, okay I would be okay. With, I'd, I'd be okay with that too because Ball is a separate uh, god entity that is just tangentially related to the Necronomicon. And um, the Deadites and all that stuff, too. He's a separate evil force, which I kind of dug that they introduced a new character that it's like, oh, well, this guy operates outside of all this and it's his own set of rules. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, and I love that um, Bruce Campbell kept calling him Bill. I, I appreciated that <laughs> as well. Um, so I, I dug that. But, but in terms of like what's sacred, like in terms, I think the biggest thing was my my most memorable parts of the second season are aside, there's some really good line lines in there. Some because Bruce Campbell can deliver a line, and there's some really good like jokes, just straight up great jokes in the series. Oh yeah, um, 
and then his supporting characters too, Pablo and uh, Kelly. They're great. I, I like normally when you pair up, like you got to have the older person of the franchise be partnered up with new. Like it all just it fits really well together, and I like that. Um, there is a horribly inappropriate scene in a morgue in the second episode <laughs> that to say any more would be to ruin just the pure squirmy grossness of it. But I was howling as it was going on. It was. Like it is because something about like committing to that bit and then just seeing Bruce Campbell wear the prosthetic that he had to wear to do the gag running around flailing like a madman was amazing. And it's one of those moments that I was saying earlier that's as good or equals any moment that is in the original Evil Dead movies. Like yeah. it's I, I can't imagine not that 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 scene not being in the second season now i mean it's a it's a high mark for evil dead but it turns out as i found out that was actually a really big point of contention behind the scenes is that the showrunner was pushing for that and they're being told well that's not evil dead and i feel like that's quintessential evil dead is that is that ash just he thinks he knows how something's going to go he he thinks he understands a problem the problem gets worse he, he's like, well, fine, I'm just going to just deal with it. And then it gets way worse. <laughs> and then he realizes, you know, about halfway through that, wait, I'm way over my head, no pun intended. And he starts freaking out about it. And then somehow he magically solves it. Like, and it's like because of him flailing around and freaking out, not because of any like, like distinct, like thought process. Like that's the, it was just a perfect encapsulation of what the series is about. You know, I don't know. I just and Bruce Campbell just sold it so well. And then the arc with the possessed car yeah. was wonderful. Uh, the Delta eighty eight episode yeah. is so good. Um, for those of you who are just Sam Raimi films, know that that was uh, Sam Raimi's car. Who I believe his dad had actually bought that car new, and he bought it from his dad, I believe. And yeah. it appears in uh, his Spider Man movies. I believe it's in the Bar- the Dark Man films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that there's a Sam Raimi movie that didn't have the delta in it um but it's got a special uh place in it in uh, the evil dead franchise because it even travels with him to medieval times in army of darkness like that's how important that car is and there's a a very almost christine-esque type oh episode badass. oh yeah. it's wonderful like it's just they made that car look menacing and yeah they made it act cartoony with like steam coming out of the front and its <laughs> headlights were red but the way the fire would shoot out the sides i was like this is badass, but it was also scary, you know? Like, And it was funny because it's it's the classic. And I love know? how it's the one thing that he seems to care about saving the most. Yeah. In the sense that, like, he tries to save people, you know, and he, he, he plays the role of the good guy. But, like, it, it in a season that actually introduced his father, he almost has a more of a connection to the car than his, his own father. Yeah, well, um, the car's been with him through more than his dad was. And that's not a detriment because Lee Majors plays his, his father. <laughs> Um, so good too. And he's so good. Um yeah, I, I just and you know, the whole like him going home and finding out that there's, you know, the whole town thinks that he murdered his sister and the others, like yeah. is uh, it's a wonderful little like piece because you see you'd see his bedroom uh from when he was a teenager and it looks exactly what you would imagine Ash's bedroom to look like. Yeah, like, with the dead iguana in the aquarium. He's like, <laughs> Oh, he he must have died of a broken heart. And Kelly's like or lack like of food. food. <laughs> like, like, I, and then the whole thing too, just like, well, do what you got to do in here, guys, but don't touch my stuff <laughs> unless you're going to tidy up. Like, just it was so misogynistic, you know. Like, I just, I dug it, and and it just there's a lot there that I liked. Uh, it just, oh, I, and, oh, please. Oh no, I was just gonna say, uh, 
Uh, this is a nice little bonus if you are an Evil Dead fan. Uh, Ellen Sandwies, I think her yeah. last name is, uh, from the original Evil Dead, returns. To the, she's the only other member outside of... Um, outside of uh, Bruce Campbell that has made an appearance on the series uh, from the films. And yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was um, a really nice touch. And having, uh, was it uh, Ted Raimi play yeah. Chet? That was fun, too, just because just knowing that the, the Raimi brothers and Bruce Campbell, the way they all grew up together, is it Ted Raimi or Ivan Raimi? It's Ted That's Raimi. Ted. Yeah, because there's the other, other Raimi there. No, it's just Ted. And, I thought there was three Raimi brothers, but there's not. I think there's just two of them. Um, but it was great just seeing because like you did you see the brand of beer they were drinking the entire Shemps Shemps that's a direct like call to them like because they would when they made their films growing up like their short films and everything else and they'd have an actor play multiple parts and they call it shimping and in, in honor of um, Shemp from the Three Stooges because whenever uh, uh, was it Curly passed away one of, one of them passed away they brought in Shemp as yeah. the new stooge. And so they would just refer to like anything they do as shimping. So they have shimp's beer. And I, it's like, I want a shirt of shimp's beer. That would be so great. I know. And, you know, uh, and I, I guess I have to correct myself because uh, technically Ted Raimi is returning as well since he uh, um, played Henrietta. And I'm, I'm giving away a spoiler. I don't care because it's a great little spoiler. Henrietta from Evil Dead 2 returns and it's at one point we see the possessed version of that and it's Ted Raimi in the suit again because he did that in the original I didn't Evil realize Dead. that okay. yeah um, which I was like you would never know it's him um, but uh, there's a if you have the Evil Dead 2 Blu-ray there's like an hour and a half to two hour behind the scenes and they have footage of him in the suit and him taking it off and like literally pouring sweat out Ugh. of it um, and there's actually a shot I believe in the film where like he turns his head as Henrietta and you can see like literally sweat pouring out of it uh but they got him into the suit again i believe for evil nice. dead 2 so yeah I just, or, i'm sorry ash versus evil dead. um this is just it's like i don't know i don't like i guess it just it's hard to i, mean, I love this it was fun like I, i'm not usually the biggest like gore hound like i mean it has its place this is so over the top that as disgusting as it was it didn't bother me because it's so over the top but it all looked really good practical effects work mm -hmm. and so i enjoyed that it's so cartoonish you know and um and then there was a bit later on with uh where you know ash was trying to be broken down uh mentally so he could be used as a pawn and there's the sight gag of a puppet that starts talking to him and him and seeing Bruce Campbell holding the puppet up and walking around this uh, mental asylum was just, it, that is a part of this I was not expecting. And I was enjoying every minute of that. Yeah. Um, my wife wants a ashy, ashy slashy, slashy puppet. puppet. Yeah. Uh, but what's also great about, um, you know, that whole uh, sequence as well is, is that, you know, you'd mentioned, that you know it's it's over the top it is ridiculous but there's some great legitimate scares in there as well yeah. um particularly the, the um there's a mental patient in there who um kind of got meth mouth and like yeah, yeah. yeah. um it, just on its own is kind of scary but um <laughs> uh, there's some things that happen to some of the people who are also in there um that is 
pretty awful and wrong. Um, so I think there's some some great moments with that as well. Well, it's Steve to see and Bruce Campbell skulk around the hallways of this asylum after he got broken. So he was, you know, basically evil Ash in the yeah. sense. But he was very like imposing. And there's a bit where he is like pouring gas all over the place and then, and then sets it off with the chainsaw. That's very intimidating. Yeah. It's like you almost kind of wish there would be a bad guy, scary Bruce Campbell movie out there, but that was cool. Um, uh, Pedro going through his transformation looked really painful. Yeah. Um, not to, to give away too much about that, which that's also an interesting thing, too, because that also kind of pointed that the Necronomicon isn't just a book. It's like it does all these different things. Yeah. I, I dug that. Um, I Yeah, I just it was fun. And, and the fact that they actually got to reference Army of Darkness directly uh, was uh, surprising to me because that film was under a, it was produced under a different company. Yeah, and I read that uh, Universal, I believe, was who had the rights to it, didn't allow them to do it in the first season, mm-hmm. and then sales for the the um, Blu-rays and DVDs spiked after Ash vs. Evil Dead the first season. So they're like, oh well, this is good for business. You can use. Um, Ash, or you can use Army of Darkness now if you want to. Okay, I didn't know so, that because because yeah. the moment whenever they they talked about time travel, and he's like, "I've done that before," before. and I'm like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have!" I really, 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 really appreciated that. But then, so okay, so the last episode of the the season, uh, it it not to I'm not going to go into what the showrunner was planning on doing versus what was going on because that's a whole other conversation. It did feel like there was so much fan service in the start of it with Bruce going into the cabin. Um, he steps on a nail, uh, his, his leg gets infected. I'm like, Oh no, what's about to happen here. But then he sucks the evil out, which sure. But then he swallows part of it. And then there's, it's almost point for point. Exactly what happens in army of darkness with this thing inside him that you hear like laughing and being maniacal. So he goes and drinks hot water and then he goes and and eats a bunch of cinnamon. He's trying to poison this thing. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to get evil ash again. And then it just kind of was this like this little thing that he spit out that swore at him. He stepped on it. Yeah. But you had beat for beat exactly the same comedy. And I liked it because it's Bruce Campbell, but it's like that really felt odd that they put that in there like that. Yeah, it didn't bother me um, just because watching Bruce Campbell drink hot water is entertaining. <laughs> like, I hate to say that, but he's just so damn good that like... At drinking hot water? Yeah, like, it, it, I don't know, that whole comedy... Like of it was him funny, doing that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I see your point on it, but that didn't bother me. Um, the one thing that I, you know, and we've we talked about this a little bit is that the season ends in a way that is sort of like, oh, that's not at all where I thought this was going. And no, then it you felt find very out, much like I was expecting it to be a dream sequence of him waking yeah. up after being like, oh, I saved the day, and I get to see the Star Wars ending of all the people we lost along the way, where they're literally ghosts waving at me. That felt like a weird tonal yeah. shift there. And uh, for somebody, you know, for somebody who is one of the owners of the Evil Dead franchise to make the argument that, like, the morgue sequence isn't Evil Dead, but that was. Yeah, the victory speech and everything was weird. Um, And I don't mean to harp on that at all, simply because of the fact that, like, I loved I loved the first season and I I I loved the second one even more. So the fact that, like nine out of the the 10 episodes are wonderful and then the last one's kind of like a yeah it's all right but it's not great um 
is by no means should be a detriment to you watching the series because no the third season starts in two weeks um i believe march 25th is when it starts um and that's something else that i want to mention um and i'm february I'm, 25th did i say march yeah no, i'm sorry like- february 25th um I'm just trying to get out of winter, people. Yeah, um, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to stars, you know, there's talk about, oh, well, this might be the last season because it's not doing as well as they'd wanted it to, and people everywhere are stealing it. And I think that's part of the reason they put it on Netflix was to just be like, fine. Just, yeah, yeah. we'll work out a deal. And they probably made some money. Netflix is like, listen, we could buy another Cloverfield movie or we can just get the rights to Ash vs. Evil Dead. You know, right. 40 million, 40 million, whatever, right? Um, yeah, I think that is better for them to be like, let's just get this out there so it's, it could be, you know, public, at least tracked and we can get payment for it that way. And increase viewership and know the quality of the contents there. Yeah, I think that was a good move. Um, but yeah, I do. Once it comes out, I want to get. Uh, you know, I want to resubscribe to Stars because I did originally for the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people are stealing it. And everyone's like, "Well, I can't afford it." It's like, "Well, then don't steal it." You know, right. like. But then here, there's. I, I've stolen things, but it has, but it's not an active, ongoing TV series. It was a Western from the seventies. Come get me, Italian Western people. You've made your money 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> um, but you need to support Ash vs. Evil Dead if you like it. Uh, it the the season three trailer looks like it's going to be just as bonkers. So I hope, hopefully, they found the right tone. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need a bunch of drama. I mean, a couple beats here and there is fine, but just give me Ash. Just being an asshole and not learning much, but learning a little bit. That's kind of how I always got from him. <laughs> well, the other thing too, about um, just the tone of the series too, is, is that I don't know if it's necessarily that it needs to be more silly or less silly or more serious, but like, you know, just keep giving us those unexpected highs. Like the morgue sequence is something that I would have never expected yeah. in a movie. And it's genius. Um, same thing with the Delta being possessed fantastic episode um i don't want to spoil it but you know the the last i guess it's episodes eight and nine again take us back to the cabin from evil dead great stuff in there um yeah there's just a real funny like basically thought process of ash where he's like should i do this like everything's leading towards this being like like those are the bad guys, and this is the good guy. Oh, and like he's waiting and waiting, and waiting for like it to resolve itself. Then he finally makes a decision and finds out that he made the wrong decision. <laughs> and it's like just the look on his face is just like, why? Why did I do that? <laughs> like I enjoy that. I I enjoyed uh, in the the first part of the season when they're in the um, the crematorium. And he bonks his head like three times on a pipe at different points, and he just stares at it like, "I'll get you next time." Like I, <laughs> that's just vintage Bruce Campbell that I love, you know. So if you like good physical comedy, if you like quippiness, because there's some really funny, like this is one liner city, and like good one liners, um, and it's just it's fun, you know. Um, and the supporting cast is great. Uh, Lucy Lawless was actually really good in this too. Like she was more serious, but she had a couple good one liners. Like I said, uh, Kelly and pablo i forget the, the the actors names but they're they're good too like like uh, kelly is just i it seems like every show has to have like an aubrey plaza type to be like that sarcastic kind of like don't give a shit but secretly they care yeah but she's so good at that like well yeah her and well i like that pablo 
idolizes uh, Ash for... We don't really know why. Yeah. He just does. I like that he wants to call the team the Ghost Beaters. And yeah. they're, just like, they're like, we're not calling us that. It's like, but we're the Ghost Beaters. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, Kelly is sort of the one who is the non-believer who becomes a believer, even mm-hmm. though she's like, you know, he's an idiot, but he's also going to save us from evil. Like, I like that she believes in Ash, even though she thinks he's a moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's like they're realized characters. Yeah. And they, and they gave them, they've given them their own things to deal with. And it's just, I, I enjoy it. And I, it's just, it's just a wonderful show. It's a wonderful show about death and destruction possessed cars gore and buckets of blood and a guy with a chainsaw hand but it's one of the more delightful things i've watched in a long time i that is that is a hell of a thing to pull off yeah. you know like uh the the a second a, a, a distant second to me even though i haven't watched all of it it's probably coming to its own is that stand against evil with um uh dr cox from uh scrubs yeah i've watched a couple episodes of it it's good it's just that it definitely it de- it definitely owes a lot to e- uh, Army of Darkness and Evil Dead, but I still like Grumpy Old Man knows that he can do this, but rather not type of thing, and it's it's its own thing where he just rather not be bothered, but he still goes out and takes care of it, but he would just rather sit in his chair and read his paper than fight <laughs> than fight witches. I, um, I love John C. McGinley, yeah. uh, that actor, and I have not jumped into Stand Against Evil yet, but I it's it's on the list of things to you, get you'll to. take it. Yeah, it's huh. not as. I don't know how extremely it's it's IFC, so they can't go as far with the gore and some of the stuff. But it's just funny. Like the the whole thing is like he was sheriff and he retired because his wife died, and and you find out that like um in this town that they they burned all these witches years ago, and that because of this the town's cursed, and the town sheriff is always killed by these witches. He was the first one to make it to retirement, mm-hmm. and you find out that his wife was actually fighting all this evil this entire time. So when she passes away, he just retires. But the but the witches aren't going to like they they're still trying to kill him because she's not there to protect him anymore. But there's now a new sheriff. It's it's funny how like he was never aware of her secret life and all the knickknacks and doodads that they had in their house were actually like like uh, to protect against different things. He just thought it was like he just thought her sewing room was her sewing room and not like this you know um, like this uh, armory to fight witches. It's it's fun. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. And you know the other thing that I'll say about uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, or at least the last thing I'll say probably is that <laughs> if you <laughs> if you're uh, watching say like the Walking Dead, like I I still do, um, and that show sometimes can feel like it's just punishment, where you're like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I'm still watching it. Um, I'm not invested in it as I was before. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead is such a it's it's a it's an I don't want to say an antidote to that, but it's it's it definitely um, it's such a breath of fresh air, even from a, even though it's from a film that's over thirty years old. Um, you know, I I can't I can't imagine because I was reading some people who were like, oh, you know, it's not what I wanted, da 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 da, and that goes along the lines of people wanting it to be more like Evil Dead Two. I don't understand how you watch that show and not fall in love with it. That so. that's yeah exactly. So I. I don't know. Like you, we've gotten three. We got you know, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, right? And those are all their things, right? And they're all maybe about an hour and a half each. You now have two full seasons of television. They're they're a little under five hours each, so you're getting almost you know four more movies worth of content with an actor that you love playing a character that you love doing dumb shit. Like how do you not? Like love this, yeah. You know, like how how is this not the greatest thing since sliced bread? I don't get it. You know, so 
enjoy it, watch it, support it, you know, um, and then don't steal it, finish all that, and then go, you know, go watch Stand, Stand Against Evil. I, I like know. how that's half of the show. It's just like, support this thing. I want more episodes. Please yeah, watch. You know, so I should, <laughs> I, I should put my money where my mouth is and do that. So, uh, but yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, and the reason we're doing this now, I is just because I'm not going to be around whenever season three premieres. Like, not, I mean, I'm not dying but i'm gonna be out out of the state and i and i then steve mentioned this to me and i'm like yes we need to talk about this so um you got two weeks if you've not watched the seasons go watch it and if it's been a while go watch them again yeah just it's it's well worth it especially was the, the beginning of season two where uh what was it uh ash says something like he's like what you think i got like a bad memory disease and it's like <laughs> like and Pablo's like, like Alzheimer's? And he's like, why would you say Alzheimer's? <laughs> like, you mean like that bad memory disease or whatever he says? It's like a loop. Yeah. And it's just really, really funny. It's a quick one-off joke, and I enjoyed it. And uh, and the fact that Jacksonville was like his mecca. of like, He's always wanting to get I back to I do wonder why that is. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. um, and there is one little joke in the series that runs throughout the second season. It involves him running into, like when he first goes back home, he runs into a guy who's who's... I don't know what the term is these days. I guess bum. Um, oh, that, yeah. that's actually a nice payoff. Yeah. yeah, there's a nice payoff to that towards the end of the series. You're so like, whoa, that's keep dark. watching for that uh, character. Yeah, it's pretty funny. funny. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead season two, uh, awesome. Like I loved it, and I'm glad that we didn't go into specifics about the morgue scene. So even if you <laughs> go watch season uh, season two episode two. <laughs> you'll get one of the greatest moments ever put to put the film that's yeah. all i could say about it uh yeah i'm glad we didn't ruin that so uh but check it out it's fun and if you guys if you like comedy if you like horror th- this is this is perfect and if you and if you were on the fence about watching it just just it's on netflix go watch it you know yeah. like you can, you can watch that or the new Cloverfield. Or you can watch the OA, you know, like <laughs> you do much better to watch Ash versus Evil Dead. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to put a pin in that. Uh, you guys can find us on our Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, uh, we do have a blog. I um, We haven't decided what we're doing next for year of the knockoff, but that will be coming soon. Um, and I'm sure I'll watch another terrible Japanese knockoff film that like Robo Vampire that Steve couldn't finish. Yeah, I tried. I'm gonna make a second <laughs> attempt, dude. Just get the second half. Second, like that's that's where it's like, oh no, this makes sense, but it's great. Um, so uh, yeah, I uh, check us out there. Uh, next next week, I mean, we're gonna be recording next week, but we want to do some announcements for the the end of next week. Um, I'll let you go first because it's, it's okay. The date makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, I'd mentioned last episode that uh, I was checking out the Dread Central Presents screenings at the Capitol. The next one is going to be uh, Thursday, the fifteenth at seven thirty. Uh, the film is called The Lodgers. It looks to be a period piece, um, and I would say it's a supernatural type story, um, <laughs> based on the trailer. Um, but it's a little vague as to it doesn't give you all the specifics, which is good. It's not a trailer you know giving away the entire story um but i will be there uh please come uh tickets are only 10 bucks um support horror you know there's only i think 12 theaters in across america that are doing these dread central present uh screenings and we're really lucky to get them in cleveland here in cleveland so please come check it out yeah so uh, also at the Capitol Theater on um, the 17th, which is a Saturday at midnight, they're showing Flash Gordon. I'm hoping to be there. Maybe we'll see. I'm also going to uh, like a wedding reception that day, so I might be, you know, I don't know, passed out Gordon at that time. I don't know. But I've never seen it. Um, I know that's that's kind of a mission. I've never seen Flash Gordon. If I'm Now that I know it's at the theater, I'm 
old enough to go see it, but it's like six bucks midnight. Go be a, like have fun with the Queen music. You know that's that's a great soundtrack. I mean that I do it's the know. Best part so, of the movie, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, go check that out. So. Um, all right. Before we get to the game, uh, you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. Uh, rate and review us there. Give us five stars. Say that you know that you like us. That'd be greatly appreciated. And the more you guys rate and review us, the more people can find us, and that would be helpful as well. And you can find Steve doing his thing at SaturdayNightSlasher.com. Go check it out. Uh, horror web comic about a slasher who kills people on Saturdays. It's not not much more complicated than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So let's get to the Valentine Valentine's Day portion of the show. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> so we're going to be recording next week, but it's going to be coming out Valentine's Day. So I figure it'd be better to do a Valentine's Day thing now because, you know, we're going to be talking about Black Panther next week and we'll figure out something for that as well. But uh, so I decided to, to challenge Steve here. I, um, I've made up some dating profiles, and he needs to figure out who these people are. Um, and we'll see if my clues are either too easy or too vague. And I'm going to read their little profiles. Like, imagine this, like on a Tinder. Th- I've not ever used Tinder, so I don't know. I, I mean, there's no, there's no uh, penis pics in here or anything, so I can tell you that. Um, um, um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Swiping whatever direction <laughs> that you know. Um, no, so these are like quick little blurbs about these people. It's basically saying, hey, this is who I am. And I guess they're looking for love, and you tell me who they are. So this could be, I'll just give you the parameters. This could be anything. So it could be movies, comics, video games. So, but right. I but I try to keep it within, you know, uh, your scope. It wasn't like I was like I'm going to pick characters he doesn't know. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. This is, we'll start with this one. Uh, beauty for me is more than what meets the eye. Um, I have, I may have a lot of flaws, but if you can look past them, you'll find that I'm very passionate about what I believe in. I am very serious about my faith. I'm a workaholic working, uh, two full-time jobs. Um, and if you're any part Mediterranean, that will help tip the scales in your favor. Oh God. Um, I, I just heard more than meets the eye. And for some reason I thought that was a transformer. Yeah. I realized when I wrote that, I was like, beauty, beauty for them is more than what, what, what they can see. Huh. Okay. Um, and if they're any part Mediterranean or Greek, that will definitely tip the scales in your favor. Uh, ooh. I'm coming up blank. Um, I'm just thinking in my head, Yor for some reason now. <laughs> Is it Ator? Uh, no, it's not. It's not Yor Ator. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to tap out on this no, one. I, it like, was supposed to be Daredevil. Like I wanted to. You know, because he, you know, he beauty for him is more than what he can see. Oh. He has flaws, but if you can look past them, you'll find that I'm very passionate, and he believe he's very serious by his faith because he's always oh, in the, he the church. See, I'm going to screw all these up. They're going to be so hard. Um, he's a workaholic working two full time jobs. That's true. And if and if you're part Greek, he he you know he'll be interested. So that's yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, next one here. Um, I have a medical degree from where I'm from, but I find uh, more work delivering packages all over the place. I have a ton of friends, even if they don't, won't admit it in public or in private. I'm not a picky eater. If you have an allergy to self- shellfish, I may not be the one for you. Mm, see, for some reason, I heard packages, and I, all I could think of is fry from Futurama. Um, oh, um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I know that there's a. 
the shellfish thing. Uh, I feel like that's a huge clue, and I'm blanking right now. Uh, You're gonna kick yourself when I say who I was trying to to find love. Shellfish. Um. Oh, go ahead and tell me. It's Doctor Zoidberg. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I was close. <laughs> you were close. That's why I was like, uh, you know. Because he he's a doctor where he's from. He, he's still true. technically a doctor, but I thought the whole like I have a ton of friends, even if they won't admit it, like in public <laughs> or in private. Yeah. So all right. Um, okay. Uh, I have a micro loft in a very gentrified neighborhood. I don't like the location, but the rent's cheap. If you're a health nut, keep on going. Uh, you will just think that all I do is eat garbage. I like to think of myself as the voice of reason why all my friends just want to sing songs and be happy. I do appreciate math from time to time. um can can you read the part about the um about the thing no uh, i can read yeah i have a micro loft uh in a very gentrified neighborhood i don't like the location but the rent's cheap if you're a health nut keep on going you will think that all i do is eat garbage i'd like to think of myself as the voice of reason why all my friends just want to sing songs and be happy is it is it, is it Rocket from from Guardians? No, but that is a trash panda. You know that's no. Uh, I, um, I I'll uh, it's Oscar the Grouch. Oh, he has a micro, I I call his trash can a micro loft because it's a really tiny space to live in. Okay, and, and his friend all they want to do is sing songs and be happy. He, <laughs> and he feels like you know. So yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Man, I thought I thought I was really tipping my hand with a lot of this stuff. So, all right, um, it's just okay. that I'm not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here, this one, this one, this one's right in your wheelhouse. I'm a super shy guy that doesn't have a lot of friends. I'm super outdoorsy, but don't like the water much. My favorite season is summer. I'm a very few words, but my actions speak volumes about me. People would say I'm a mama's boy, but I just think I'm loyal. Is it Jason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, whew. there you go. I got that's, one. That's one. All right. I just like the fact that he's like, yeah, people say I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> and then he likes the outdoors, but not water. Because I, mean, I thought about it, I'm like, Jason's favorite season would be summer. Yeah. It would have to be, right? So, Well, considering we never get to see any other uh, <laughs> like uh, the, uh, season. Like the off-season Jason movies where it's like him just skulking around with nobody to kill. Like, you know. Well, there was talk of like there being a Friday the 13th set in the snow. And I, I still think that's an interesting idea, just seeing what that movie would look like. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like send Jason to ski school. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, I may come from wealth and power, but I truly do truly appreciate people that work hard and get their hands dirty. Um, I love to travel. Someone accused me of putting people in the friend zone, but I think if you want me, you just got to keep trying your hardest to earn me. You know, you got to run fast, jump higher. Uh, FYI, I do have a possessive ex that tries to get me back from time to time, but that usually isn't a problem. Is it Batman? No. Um, I can see the crazy X thing, yeah. Um, um, possessive X. Tries to get me back. They come from wealth and power. They travel all the time. Um, they friend zone. Uh, they sometimes friend zone people. Hmm. But if you want them, you got to keep you know running faster, jumping higher. Yeah, I feel like that's a major clue that's just not hitting me where it... Uh, Um. Oh man, I'm blanking. Uh, I. It's also Jason Voorhees. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Is it Green Arrow? No, it's uh, Princess Peach. Because she's always going from castle to castle. Oh, yeah. Bowser always shows up to take her away. <laughs> Mario's never good for her, good enough for her. So, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's your video game portion of the of, of the show. All right. Um, let's do this, this one here. Uh, here's another one. I love to travel, but don't like staying too long in any one place. I feel like everywhere I go, I take a little piece of it with me. If you don't like my eclectic group of friends, then you'll never get to me. If you sing acapella, that's a plus. Is that Rocket? No. <laughs> I'm just going to answer Rocket for yeah. every question. Uh, if you sing acapella, that's a plus. Uh, You're going to kick yourself with this one, too. I I, I know. Um, oh, if you sing acapella, that's a plus. I feel like that's a major, like, <laughs> hook there. Yeah, I try. I try. Uh, <laughs> You, you go ahead and tell okay. me. Carmen San Diego. Oh. Yeah. She travels and she likes to think she takes a little piece of it with her. Collecting friends like Double Double Trouble Trouble. And when I forget the rest of the names of the other guys. See, I was thinking like, you know, Rocket steals stuff. Oh, yeah. Wherever they go. I should have just kept this the comic guys. And I'm just no. like, no, nah, I'm going to go all over the place with this. Well, right. that makes it feel. It yeah. makes it sound like. Well, no, I, I, I try to make it simple for you. No, Steve. no, no. I just I thought maybe Carmen San Diego would be on your radar. I didn't know. All right, so all right, next one. We'll see here. I'd like to think I'm a problem solver. I always have the right tool for the job. Family's important to me. I take care of my niece and her dog. I absolutely hate cats. I will admit I've had a few wardrobe malfunctions on occasions, but that doesn't keep me from having an adventure. Is that Inspector Gadget? Yes, it is. <laughs> Yay! Why is that the one I get? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, I like sports, but I'm not very good at them. I'm trusting to a fault. I love music, but only know one dance move. I do have a pet dog that is sometimes more trouble than he's worth, but I love him regardless. I do like the outdoors, but not a big fan of trees. Uh, redheads are a weakness of mine. <laughs> Damn it. Is it... No, is I'm it thinking, Rocket? No, it's not Rocket. It's not Peter Quill, is it? He's yeah. got one dance move. Um, oh. Is is it Black Bolt? No, no, it's Charlie Brown. Oh. He's not very good at sports. Has yeah. a dog. He hates trees because that's the kite, true. The kite tree. And he likes the little redheaded girl. All right. All right. Here's another one. This is also... Uh, it, it, you'll see. All right. So, <laughs> um, I'm the wife of the party. But trouble always seems to follow me wherever I go. I suspect that others are just jealous of how good I look, especially in red. Figuring out what I'm all about is a mystery for you to solve. Depending on where you find me, I might be down for some questionable activity with some rope. Is that Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not Deadpool. Questionable activity with a rope. Yeah, depending upon where you find them, they might be down for some questionable activity with a rope. Ooh. Um, my brain is just going crazy now. Um, ah, I'm, I'm gonna tap out here. It's a uh, Miss Scarlet from Clue. Uh, yeah, I'd have never okay, gotten that okay, one. Right, I, I feel okay with that one because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'd have never guessed that. I just, uh, you know, depending on finding a finder with some rope, right? So, all right, last one here. 
<laughs> so you got one so far out of this. I got so Inspector Gadget. You got Inspector Gadget. And Jason, no, you got two. You got Jason. I got Jason. Yeah. That's true. All right. All right. This last one. I feel like I'm destined for great things. Someone called me a fighter, not a lover, but I would argue it's the other way around. I hope you're uh, not turned off by my tattoo. Oh, sorry. I hope you are not turned off by tattoos. Not a fan of spiders. My sister says I'm a good kisser. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be so mad. It, it's not Luke Skywalker, is it? It is not Luke Skywalker. Okay. Um. Because I was picturing Craven the Hunter for some reason when you said the, the spider's line, but then you said the. Uh, uh, My sister says I'm a good kisser. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Some would say he's a fighter, not a lover, but he feels it's the other way around. Is it um, from Game of Thrones? Uh, no, no, it's Ator the fighting eagle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I missed Ator. Yeah, because you said that earlier. And I was like, I know. "Oh, you're going to come back to Ator." All right, so my apologies that my clues were not a. Uh, my not, apologies uh, for being <laughs> such a. <laughs> Bad so, contestant. So, so only two people would probably find love, and that'd be Jason for a little <laughs> while and Inspector Gadget. Because I was thinking about writing these as a misconnection to be like, "Hey, I saw you at the summer <laughs> camp. You look pretty athletic. If you could tell me uh, what color my head was for you chop my head off, like maybe we could get to like because always the misconnections always has that one weird detail. Just like, hey, I asked you if I could bump a cigarette. What was the the brand? You know, it's always so weird. I don't yeah. know if you've ever read any of those. They melt your brain. So I was trying to think of how Jason Voorhees would have a misconnection and be like, hey, saw, saw you out there with the other camp counselors. I saw you playing by the lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looked pretty good. Yeah, I couldn't catch you. I was slowly getting there, though. You know. Um, but anyway, anyway, that's my, my wonderful Valentine's Day game. What we've um, learned here is I'm not very deductive. <laughs> I, I tried. I don't know. I just feel like there's always that, that thing of like either you go too far or, or not far enough. I was trying to find like something, but I guess the litmus test was I was going through these with Mary like a couple days ago. She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I was like, Steve will get it. It's not a problem. (laughs) I will say that like as soon as the question starts, I realized that I always, when I do games, it's it's always question based as well. Like as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh my God, the pressure's on. Like I'm on some sort of like game show. Where I'm like, oh, did you oh, see? I'm that, not going to uh, take home the own version. The the Jeopardy thing recently, where the the three contestants didn't know a single thing about the football category. <laughs> that that's kind of like this. And Alex Trebek was just berating them. I like it at the very end where he's just like, let's just see what the last one is, just for just for the sake of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Have a, have a safe week. Um, next week, uh, talking Black Panther. It's, uh, we're going to be doing it before the movie because uh, Steve and I are going to do some uh, deep dive into some uh, Black Panther books. And talk a little about the history of the character, and and you know, I'll be honest. Like I've known the character, I just haven't read that much of a Black Panther. And um, I went out and bought a big book of Black Panther. I, I dug into it. Steve's going to read it. Uh, the, cool. There's some there's some stuff in there that I wasn't aware of, and there's elements of the character I wasn't aware of. And I think it'll be a good conversation. That's more of a prep going into the movie. Yeah, I read a run. I feel like it was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Whenever. Uh, Kevin Smith was writing Daredevil. Um, they relaunched Black Panther. And at that time, I think I read the first twelve to f- like 
18, 20 issues, I feel like, somewhere in there. Um, so that's m- my majority of knowledge of Black Panther comes from there. So I'm looking forward to digging into uh, the book we're going to be talking about next week and uh, just talking about the character overall. And right now, the film is like a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you know, Granted, I don't think anybody should see a movie based off of a Rotten Tomato score, but so far, the hype for it's and it's already blowing the water, uh, blowing the ticket sales out of the water anyway. It doesn't yeah. need help from Rotten Tomatoes, but um, it's sounding like we're in for a treat. So yeah, so we'll we'll have some uh, some Black Panther foundational talk, so you guys can yeah. listen to that and then go watch the movie and be like, they got all of that wrong. You know, that's exactly. <laughs> so that's gonna be next week. Uh, like I said, have a safe week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.